Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Rich Swarbinski, President and COO of the Mortgage Collaborative, uh, here with a new addition, uh, a new installment to our TMC Connect platform, uh, just based on uh, all the companies in the housing sector going public over the course of the last six months, more scheduled to do so here in the coming months. Uh, Just a lot of interest in general in the stock market. Wanted to dedicate a monthly program uh, to housing stocks and the stock market in general. And I am very pleased to uh, have as my co-host for this, Phil Newton. Phil is the co-host of uh, the Rebel Traders podcast, one of the more listened to uh, podcasts. It focuses on the U.S. stock market and investing. Uh, also involved with uh, an organization called the Anti-Vester. And Phil, you've spent really your entire adult life really tracking and following the U.S. stock markets. Why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I think I could be summed up very quickly. The guy with the weird accents at the other side of the pond is a stock nerd. <laughs> and that really summarizes everything. Um, I, I knew what, I'm one of these fortunate people. I knew what I wanted to do quite early on. So I, I pretty much started out hand drawing charts in my mid teens, got hooked on it. Probably like most of the fever that everyone's experiencing right now, that's what I did in isolation <laughs> all the way back then uh, when I was 17. And it, it just kind of took off from there, placed my first trade at 18. And that was my, uh, kind of crack dealers entry gateway drug was that first stock purchase. And I've been hooked ever since uh, I've made a career of it. And um, despite my youthful visage and good looks, I've been doing this for well over 20 years now. Um, I like to have a laugh. I don't take life seriously. You can also probably tell as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we've been the royal way, me. Um, I've been doing this for you know 20 or so years, trading stocks, started out trading currencies, futures. Primarily, I trade stocks, US stocks, and stock options is what I focus on right now. So there's not much I haven't traded. Um, and maybe we can explore some of that uh, you know, during these conversations. Awesome. No, I appreciate it, Phil. Appreciate you joining us. And yeah, got to love just technology in general. I had the idea for this show. I know just enough about the stock market to be dangerous. I know the mortgage industry, but I'm like, I need somebody that knows much more than me about the stock market. And we'll kind of take a cold, ruthless- In the absence of that person, you phoned me. (laughs) (laughs) Investors look at the stock market, connected on LinkedIn. And uh, I appreciate you joining me uh, for this program. So uh, let's start, you know, somebody that's been following the stock market for, you know, over two decades. Now this last year has been crazy, right? I mean, a lot of new people in the stock market, it's been popping hard. I mean, just your general observations on the stock market in general, this, these past 12 months. If we were having this conversation prior to the last year, I'd probably come up with some fanciful, fancy straight out the textbook comments, um, just like everyone else. It's been a weird year. It really has. For anyone who's this is the first time they're looking at the markets in uh, any serious way, it's it's like watching multiple years of behavior of ebbs and flows, almost like seasons. You know, watching a movie showing the seasons, like a time travel movie. You know, where you do the, the the window change and it changes all the fashion. It's like watching it compressed in the last twelve months. That's really what this last year has been. It's just so compressed, very wild moves. And it's not normal. I think that's really uh, what's coming out. And it's primarily driven by the fact that no one's got anyone, anything else to do and everyone's kind of sparked an interest. And it's not just the US, it's a global phenomenon. You know, people want to do something and 
that's kind of what we're seeing unfold in the market. So everything is speeded up, the recovery. Most people are thinking, like myself, it was we were going to see a double dip. It was going to crash again, retest the lows. But no, it recovered. And it's unusual. It's a historical precedent. And I think that's probably what most people don't realize. This has is a legitimate, this has never happened before. And I've looked at the recoveries of similar crashes, not the wide things crash, but historically over the last 100, 150 years. Like this type of behavior doesn't happen. Uh, so it's very bizarre. And a lot of, myself included, I'm not ashamed to admit it, we are scratching our heads over, like this shouldn't be happening. I mean, this week's a great example, GameStop. This shouldn't be happening. It's like, it, it, it's... It, don't get me wrong, things like that do happen, but not at the magnitude that they are happening. That's what I mean by it. Like, it's weird. It's like, think, whatever you've seen previously, it's been put under a magnifying gas and exploded to an even more dramatic extreme. So it's a very crazy situation. It's great to learn, great volatility, creates great movement, great opportunity. But what we're not hearing the stories of yet are the sob stories, the heart stories, the catastrophes of where it didn't work out because people are quite literally betting the farm and they kept for the moment getting it right because stocks only go up and that's everyone's experience and doing this for a career now. Like I, I know it's, it's, it's a house of cards that will come tumbling down at some points and it, it's going to be painful for some of those people if they're on the, well, when they're on the wrong side of it and maybe we can educate some people of how to minimize, prevent, maybe even profit from that downward movements. Before we get into, you know, housing and mortgage related stocks, I mean, just more broadly, yeah. um, is this the dawn of a new era with the stock market? I mean, you know, obviously spurred on the 0% interest rates and stimulus money, everybody being home, you know, not as many sports betting options, uh, you know, all these new retail traders, platforms like Robinhood, where you can trade options and regular trades with no commissions very easily from your phone. Uh, you mentioned GameStop, the whole Main Street versus Wall Street kind of battle that is waging right now. Certainly no shortage of commentary. Uh, anytime you've turned on any any cable news network, uh, is this the dawn of a new era for investing and trading in U.S. equities? Uh, I'm going to give my stock answer. No, is the short answer. Nothing's changed. Um, this, what happened with GameStop and similar stocks, uh, pump and dump is maybe a phrase that you've heard, that type of stock. Um, there's a book that you can read. It's an easy read, um, Reminiscence of a Stock Operator. It was written in 1926, published in 1930, and it was about a period of time in about 1905. So like 115 years ago. And what we saw with GameStop and similar stocks, the pump and dump, there's a chapter dedicated to this pump and dump situation. Although back then it was legal to do, you could go and do it, no one cared, but the laws changed. So like this hasn't, this is nothing new is all I'm trying to say. I think the buts, to answer your question, the buts, what about this time? Is this time different? No, it's not. I just, as I alluded to earlier, I think the speed of which things are happening because of technology, because we literally are all carrying computers in our pockets, like powerful computers. When I started out, I was hand-drawn charts. Like household computers were just becoming a thing, you know. Um, but now everyone's got one in the pocket. Digital access, the speed of information, it's entertainers. Everyone's a reporter, as, as we know, um, thanks to Twitter. Um, you know, it, it's... I think that's the thing that's changed the speed of information. And as I said before, this last year, 
what we've seen in the last year, that would normally happen over four, five, six years. It's all happened in eight months, you know, pretty much back to where we were. And that's normally a four-year cycle. If you look through history, anywhere from two to four years is what a bear market correction would normally last for. And that's what we're not seeing in the last, since 2008, really, since the, the, the last crash and the last recovery. And that pretty much is what I see has changed, just the speed of which we, with which things happen. Uh, uh, again, it's uh, that's what makes it a little bit bizarre. That's what is uh, is changing. I, I'm not got a better answer for you, unfortunately. <laughs> no, not nothing's new. I'm here with Phil Newton, uh, co-host of the popular Rebel Traders podcast and of the Antivestor.com, uh, talking housing stocks. Let's start, Bill. Just. The U.S. housing market in general, it's obviously been a great year for housing in the U.S. We've had uh, Fed-fueled low interest rates. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just it's, it's been a very good year for housing in general. Um, you know, as we head into now the bulk of 2021, most of the economists are pro- projecting another good year for the housing and the mortgage market, depending on who you look at. Home sales up 10 to 20 percent, uh, 2021 versus 20 um, how do you, you know, I'm in the housing industry. I, you know, live and breathe it every day as an investor. How are you looking at the U.S. housing market as we head into 2021 here? Well, the first thing you said, an interesting word. You said as an investor, and I think it might be worth clearing up. I'm not an investor. I'm not Warren Buffett. Um, I'm not holding or investing in good companies. I don't care if a company's good. I don't care if it's bad. I don't care who the CEO is. I don't care what profits you're expecting. I'm what they call a trader. I will profit from the swings in a stock's price, up or down I'll profit, both directions in the markets. So what you're asking about is investing. What does the next five years hold? Warren Buffett may be a name that some people have heard. Um, you've got a time horizon of many years. Is the industry, is the sector a good investment? So I don't look at things through that lens. I'm not looking at are we, is this company, is the sector, is it profitable? Is it going to grow? I just want to know, will the stock move? So that's a very, I think, important distinction at this stage to make. I just want to know is, is instead of thinking, is this a good investment? Will my investment grow over the next five years? I just want to know three things. And my focus is, am I going to get paid at the end of the day, the end of the week or the end of the month? And I don't really care if it's a good company or a bad company. I'm a momentum trader. I'm looking for a stock to move and I'll profit from that movement. So does that kind of ring true first of all, before I I try and answer your question? Because my answer about an investment is I don't know and I don't care. And that's truly the honest answer. Um, I could give you the chart analysis of what I think is going to happen over the next 12, 18, you know, up anywhere up to two years, because the charts looking at the price behavior will assist me with that. But again, I'm not going to try and blow wind in anyone's sales. I honestly don't know anything about the sector. And for the way that I approach the markets, it does not matter. That doesn't mean to say that I don't have an appreciation for what's called fundamental analysis, that who the chief executives are, you know, what the company's doing, what they do, are they, you know, do they have good cash or bad debt or all the other things that go into making an evaluation of what a good business is, is it a good investment? I just, I chose, I, I don't want to read company reports. It's not my personality. So if anyone maybe is thinking about like, what should I do with the market? Is it an investment or trade? Maybe that's the first question that you should ask yourself, do I want to invest and be like Warren Buffett? In which case, you probably are going to look at the business, the fundamentals, the company reports. Is it a good business? Can I buy it at a discount is what Warren Buffett might do. Me personally, 
I'm going to be looking at, is the next swing going to be up or down? And will it move today, this week, or this month? That, that's all I'm focused on. So I'm going to be more focused on the pretty pictures that we call charts that you might have seen on the news. And I completely didn't answer your question. Because <laughs> again, I've not got a good answer. I'm not an investor. So I'm not going to try and you know, I can't give an answer is is the answer for you there, just for, for that reason. No, it makes perfect sense. So, you know, talking about uh, stock moves and more technical trading analysis of stocks, uh, you know, it's been big news in the mortgage industry. There's just been a lot of companies in the mortgage industry going public, you know, really, you know, until, you know, five or six months ago, you had Mr. Cooper, you had uh, Penny Mac, were really the only two really large publicly traded non-depository mortgage companies in America. Uh, now we've had some new entrants, obviously Quicken Loans, Rocket Mortgage, uh, mm-hmm. ipo I want to say about 22. It shot up to like 32. It's down around 20 bucks right now. They're the biggest mortgage lender in America. The mm-hmm. second biggest mortgage lender in America just IPO'd last week, United Wholesale Mortgage. Uh, they did that via SPAC, obviously one of the big trends of the last year. Uh, the SPAC kind of was living between 11 and 13.50 and Last time I checked this morning, United Wholesale, which is a very quickly growing, very profitable, massive mortgage machine, uh, has sold off and and below $10 a share. So what do you make of these new entrants into uh, the mortgage marketplace via IPO and and just that space in general? IPOs uh, stands for uh, Initial Public Offering, if anyone wasn't aware. Um, IPOs are a little bit differently. Um, What you've got to keep in mind is... An IPO is an exit for the pre-public traded stock uh, investors because they've probably been invested millions, hundreds of millions in making that company a good prospect to launch on the stock markets. And they could be anywhere from 18 months to a couple of years while they do whatever they do, bring in management team, make it a good business, put company structure in place, grow it. the reason for those people who are in before it's a publicly listed company, the IPO is their way of getting paid for the investments. So does that kind of that part make sense? Like I know you may know that, but you know, just pop a little comment in the chat box if uh, if it doesn't make sense or you're kind of with me on that. But essentially, it, it that's how they get paid. So most of the time, after an IPO as uh, launch and on the day of the the public listing it now means that anyone with a brokerage account can go and buy or sell shares all those people who have bought the share or invested in the company they want to offload they want to cash out and there's usually a period where the management team can't physically get rid of their investment or cash out or take some profits because they will have options and, and shares issued to them you know on the uh, the the IPO so there might be a grace period, a couple of weeks, a couple of months before they can cash out. They can take a profit from all their hard work and labor for the past couple of years. So this is probably what we've just seen with um, uh, UWM Holdings, was it that you mentioned? It's going to go sideways. And normally on the IPO, they drift side and drift side. And usually most of the time an IPO will sell off because there's a lot of people exiting their positions, their investments. So all that selling pressure, the downward movements is those investors closing the positions. So the obvious thing, most of the time for me, I, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to the head scenario, if you've got to trade an IPO, I'm probably going to short it. I'm going to profit from the downward movements because that's what the money flow in the short term is doing. A few exceptions to every rule. 
Um, I would look at a benchmark. If you are looking at IPO stocks, is it above the IPO price, the price that it floated on the day of uh, uh, the, the, the launch? Is it above or below that? So I think that's a good benchmark. If it's below it, leave it alone. Don't worry about it. You know, if it's above it, maybe you can start looking for an entry. Other exceptions to the rule are like if you want to be an investment investor where you've got a many year time horizon where, okay, I'm going to have this stock. I think it's a good company. I believe in it. The management investments many years down the line, I'm going to get good dividends. You know, that's what I'm expecting. If you think it's a good investment, then the the share price today doesn't make that much difference. But just be aware, the behavior around an IPO is very different from a growth stock, a stock that is trending, it's moving, it's growing, it's making profits, they're getting more customers, they're acquiring more business. It's a different behavior and a different reason why you'd be trading that particular stock. Generally, IPOs, I don't touch them uh, for, the, all, for all the reasons that I've mentioned. They're not that, they're not, there's not that much movement one way or the other for a little bit of a while. There's a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction, but for the way I want to trade, it's not something that I would typically look at. Um, so, yeah, it, it's an exit for investors. No, it makes perfect sense. Thanks, Phil. With Phil Newton of the Rebel, Rebel Traders podcast, Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative talking housing stocks. And Phil, let's turn our attention <laughs> to the home building sector in America. Just a lot of talk here domestically. Uh, just a kind of perpetual problem that is probably at its apex right now. It's just an inventory issue in America, right? <laughs> More people that want to buy homes and there are really sellers. It's driving up home prices. Uh, Some people worrying about the long-term ramifications of that. Um, As we look at the home building sector, uh, there's certainly a lot of demand for new homes to be built in America, but there's also a lot of headwinds. Uh, You've got, you know, a lack of buildable lots. You've got a lack of skilled workers um, and, you know, inflated prices of, you know, key building materials like lumber. So, you know, kind of an apex there, uh, a lot of debate. Uh, as to which way uh, housing, new housing, new construction will go this year. Uh, how do you look at that sector? Obviously, almost all the biggest home builders in America are publicly traded companies. Uh, anything particular to that sector or any participants in it that's caught your eye? Uh, yes, I've got to admit, out of all the um, kind of related uh, and ancillary sectors around what you do, uh, this is the sector that does get me excited the most. It is a sector that I do trade stocks in. And for all the reasons that you mentioned, those fundamental reasons, at its most basic supply and demand 101, if you've got more of something, it's worth less. If you've got less of something, it's worth more. Supply and demand. And that's what's creating these opportunities. So, yeah, the um, you know th- this particular sector is uh, a great uh, growth potential just because of those issues that it's creating those opportunities. Stocks are starting to increase in value at a steady rate. They're not exploding unjustifiably like the GameStop example. It's an unjustified reason for a stock. There's no value in it. That's going to disappear and you'll see that, you know, over the next few days. So right now you've got a, um, like Toll Brothers, TOL, that's one that catches my eye. And if you want, I can share uh, my chart and kind of, kind of, trying yeah. to describe what I'm seeing, if that might help just put a visual, because for me, it's a, it's a very visual way of uh, trading, uh, whether we're looking for a few days or a few um, weeks or months. So uh, I've got a list of our stocks here. We've got this in a spreadsheet. If anyone wants, I'm sure you can message uh, 
one of the administrators and you can get a copy of uh, these spreadsheets. So if you want to track along, there's a list of stocks that we're looking at and we can just see whether it's it's up on the year or down on the year. So if you want access to that, because again, I appreciate not everyone's got the fancy charting. So it just help you keep track of some of these things that we're looking at. Um, so the, the home middles, again, Toll Brothers catches my attention. One of the things that I'm looking at before I try and explain what I see is I'm looking for three things. I want to know if a stock is going up, down, or sideways. So visually, I'm looking for like an upward zigzag. And apologies if this is a little bit basic for some people. I'm just trying to kind of talk to the, you know, if this is your first day type of thing. The second thing I'm looking for is, is it zigzagging down? You know, that would be called a downtrend because if you weren't already aware, we can profit from downward movements in stock prices which is a great thing. You know, we can profit if a stock goes up, we can profit if a stock goes down. And then the third thing I'm looking for, is it kind of zigzagging sideways? We'll call that a consolidation. You could almost put a straight line ruler above and below it. That's what we're looking at. And as most basic, these are the three things. So when I'm looking at a chart, I'm trying to determine over a longer period, what's this chart doing? So we can see here that Toll Brothers is since you know uh, the uh, March-April lows, it's been on a very steady uptrend to about this point, about October. And most of the market last year kind of started to consolidate from September onwards. And then over a period of time, we can see that we could also put a straight line ruler, you know, connecting these lows. And similarly, we could say that it's contained there. So now that I know this, and I'm all I've done is is try to identify which parts of the charts are going up, which of them are going down, and which of them are going sideways. That's what I'm trying to do. There's only three things that a market's doing. But I can break this chart down into two distinct trends. So now I know that it's going up. Now, this is important because this is what a good trend, a good investment opportunity um, is going to look like on the charts. It's going to be steadily going up. It's not going to be going vertical uh, straight up. It just wants to be gradually going from the bottom left to the top right. I mean, this is what I'm looking for. So now I can say, well, where is price right now? So it's now above this consolidation period here. So it moved, oscillated sideways. It wasn't really going anywhere. And because the prior move was up, the trend was up, what I know from research is there's a 65% chance that that trend is going to continue. So we can call this a breakout. It's breaking out of the sideways trend and might be resuming its upward trend. So does that does that kind of explanation make sense um, before no, I kind of go any further? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. No, okay, cool. So yeah, yeah. why is this important? Because I just want to reiterate, why do this? Because this is the money flow. It's not despite the headlines we've seen over the last few days, retail traders don't create long-term sustainable trends. Institutional traders, institutional investors do. So the money flow is saying that people are prepared to pay, pay ever-increasing higher prices. So this is what it looks like. So now it looks like it's resuming its upward movements. I can wait for, and this is the trick that maybe most new traders and investors wouldn't think about doing, if you want to buy the retracement, so I just want to wait for it to pause briefly, you know, one or two days minimum, and then wait for its next push higher. And that for me is what I'm going to be looking for. Just like over here, when it did something similar, it rallied, it just paused for a few days, and then that's going to offer me a good low risk, high reward opportunity. So where could Toll Brothers go? One of the things I like to do is just measure the last trend. 
So the last trend was sideways. So I'm just going to get a little tool here. I'm going to measure the height of that. And it's looking like it was about $10. And I can just project that upwards to give me a best guess. Because let's face it, I don't know what's going to happen any more than the next person. <laughs> but what I do know is that these trends are predictable. So we can look at Toll Brothers as saying, yeah, this has got a potential to move up to $60. I'm going to be a buyer and expect it to move from about $52 where we are right now. If I can get in lower, I will. Um, but if it was to move higher, I'll be looking for it to move $10 higher. And this is what I do on a kind of daily basis. So this is the one that really catches my eye. Um, would I buy today? No, because it's rallying in what could be a new uptrend. Another example of I this bought is- bought a couple hundred shares while you were going through that. So <laughs> HOV. Yeah, see, if you're going to invest it, then the price today is not that important. You know, it, it's going to swing up possibly um, to $60. Another one that I like is HOV. Don't press the buy button just yet. So this is an example of like, I've I, the ship has sailed. It's done the same thing. It's broken out. But what I don't want to do is buy the rally. You may have heard phrases like buy the dip. So if I was to get in here now, I'm buying the rally and it may continue to go higher and I may get lucky, but it's buying the rally as it moves higher is what causes people to panic because what is going to happen next, it's probably going to pause. It's probably going to retrace. So what I would wait to do is wait for it to retrace and buy it at a slight discount to where it is right now. Just wait for it to pause, rest for a few days, and then capture the next leg of the movement. And you're not going to miss the boats. Don't you be, this is a game of patience. <laughs> what does it, because if you look at the last time this happens, you've got a big rally here. It retraced plenty enough to give you an opportunity over many days, even weeks, to get you profit on that next leg of the movement. So you've got opportunity to wait. You don't have to jump in at the first sign of it moving higher. Um, if there's going to be a good, long, sustainable trend, it's going to go for days, weeks, and months. So don't worry about getting in today. Don't buy the rally. Wait for the retracements is what we're saying. Again, the the, uh, the home builders uh, have got some, again, great opportunities. So there's, there's just two of my favorites right now. Uh, what, so this is um, a good example of what I'm talking about. We've got a little bit of a range here inside the large range. So what do I mean by buy the dip? So there's that consolidation, again, well-defined inside a larger. So you've got that rally there. So that retracement is now we know that, hey, I'm 65% of the time, it's going to break out. It's breaking out moved above the range. It's retracing a little bit. Those red candles are a downward movements. And when it goes above, say, um, the, the, the last red candle, then I can start thinking about buying. So that's what I mean by buy the dip. It's rallied, retracement, and moved down a dip in the context of an uptrend. That's going to give me my low-risk entry opportunity. Because if it doesn't go my way, I don't want to hold the bag forever. Again, similarly, as, uh, again, just eyeballing this 40 to 60, it's got a $20 potential. So from 60 to 80 is where it could get to. And again, we can get in around $60. We can get the full $20 potential. That's why we're waiting for the dip. We're not going to chase the rally. And if you miss the move, you've got to miss the move, but you're waiting for the best opportunity. And if it doesn't work out, you can set a stop loss because we don't want to bet the farm. We want to be in business tomorrow. We're going to have a small percentage allocation. We're going to um, say set a stop loss to the point where I'm, I'm going to get out if it's not working. 
I can always get back in again later, but I don't want to sit in this. I don't want to sit in this sideways for six months. No one wants to do that. I want to get a good trade today. And this is why I do the charting. It helps me with something called timing. So this looks like a good time, $60. Um, if it's not working out, again, I'm just approximating $50, $55 is where I'll place what's called a stop loss. That's going to be where I'm going to exit if it doesn't work. And again, aiming for $80 because that's where I think it could get to. And all I've done to do that is just measure the height of that range, the sideways movement, it's very clear, and just projected it upwards. So we've got a good $20 swing on, the, and this is the ETF, the exchange traded um, uh, the, the fund. So it's built up of several stocks, like uh, the S&P or the Dow, it's an index of multiple stocks. So the sector as a whole is looking charged to move higher. So again, I really like the home builder sector. And to be fair, I wasn't looking at it before we had our conversations, but I, I'm looking at doing something with it, as you can see here. There's no reason not to, as far as I'm concerned. Got a couple minutes left with Bill Newton of antivestor.com and the Rebel Traders podcast talking housing stocks. Uh, if anybody has any questions or comments for Phil, this would be the time to do it. Uh, Bill, before we go, uh, mm -hmm. other sectors of housing uh, with some public companies, uh, the mortgage insurance space, um, we have... Uh, uh, TMC uh, partner companies, uh, uh, MGIC is one of those, uh, Ascent and Radiant, some others in that space, the online kind of realty and realtor brokerage space, Zillow, Redfin, Realogy, uh, anybody in any one of those verticals that uh, has caught your eye from a technical perspective? I've got to admit, um, nothing's catching my eye more than the home builder sector. Maybe if I just go through and it might be worth just showing what what I'm not looking for. What a bad, not necessarily a bad stock. It's just like, today's not the day. Um, like, go and look at something else. Um, this is uh, IVR, uh, Mortgage Cap. Uh, again, I think this is an ETF. It's, uh, it's dead in the water. It's going nowhere. Um, I don't trade penny stocks. Uh, and don't be enamored by the low cost of a stock. Just because it's got a low price point, it doesn't mean that it's cheap um, it doesn't mean that it's inexpensive. It doesn't mean it's good value. It means it's, it's like it's low for a reason. And if you think about the way that the stock market's been over the last six to eight months, the, the whole stock market has been divided into two. The stocks that are participating in the recovery and the stocks that aren't. And this is clearly an area that's not um, in the, uh, participating. And what you'll find if we go through the, if I just go through them quite quickly, the MBS investing kind of sector it's, we can see it sideways. No one's interested in this. This is what this is telling me. Visually, we can see it starts in the middle of the chart. It finishes in the middle of the chart. This is a 12-month period. Um, you know, From almost um, uh, the end of um, uh, March and April, you can see the big crash. It's going nowhere. And what you'll see is when you've got a nice visual uh, reference. And if you want to kind of look at charts, you can. there's lots of free charts. Tradingview.com is a nice free platform if you want to plug in some of these symbols and you, you can get free access. I don't even think you need to register. You know, they've got a nice little um, online platform. You know, these stocks, they're not going anywhere. So again, the investors sector, they're not doing anything to justify being excited. And remember when we looked at, um, uh, where was it? Toll Brothers. Again, just go back to Toll. Uh, again, Philip Morris is another, uh, sorry, uh, not Philip Morris. Um, Pulse Group is another one. We've got that potential. It's moving. It's at the top of the chart compared to, you know, finish start at the bottom left, finishes at the top right. We can argue it's a trend. You know, visually, these stocks look much better 
Um, they look like they're starting to move. Again, we're back on the home builders. Again, the names don't matter for the moment. It's just generally the home building sector. You know, they're all starting to move up. You know, HOV is one. Again, that, that's uh, that the rally in an uptrend. You know, don't worry about getting in now. Wait for the retracement. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to get in if there's going to be a move in the sector. But let's just come back to, you know, some of the other stocks. Um, title insurers, it's not really that exciting by comparison. You know, if we're looking for a good move, a good opportunity to join the trend, there's no trend here to join. Does that, is that kind of logic ring true? It, it's like, I, I could buy shares, but they're probably going to carry on going sideways. And that's, those are the things to keep in mind. And the thing that I, I, I've spent and learned and relearned so many times over the last, you know, 20 plus years of doing this is that, Whatever the chart, the price, the stock, whatever it's currently doing, until something new happens, nothing's going to change. And that's true with life. That's true with psychology and human nature. And that's what we're really trading here. If nothing's changed, then there's no opportunity. So when we see the stock start to move favorably, again, just going through some more title insurers, this one's probably the best out of these, but it, it's moving. There is an opportunity here compared to some of the other stocks, but it's not great compared to the home building sector. And then when we carry on going down, it, hopefully you can, visually you can see it's, it's sideways. Until this changes, it's going to carry on. Nothing new is developing. So something new might be classed as, well, let's just draw a horizontal line above the high of this range, somewhere around $58, $59 just to approximate it. When the stock price goes above there, that might be telling me that, okay, now's the time to get interested. It's not the time to place a trade or, or think about an investment. It's just saying, now it's starting to be interesting. That's a time where you can start thinking about, okay, maybe it's starting to trend. Maybe I can get the next dip, the next retracement, but don't worry about an immediate move. Because again, if this is going to be a legitimate in you know trade and trending opportunity over you know weeks months maybe even years from an investment perspective there's going to be plenty of opportunities you don't have to worry about picking the top or picking the bottom because the institutional investing money is going to drive prices high maybe for many weeks many months maybe for many years in some cases so w wait for something new to happen. So title insurers, they don't excite me. The services sector, again, kind of better, but it's still not exciting. Um, when we start going to um, certainly the uh, real estate management, we're into penny stock territory. This doesn't excite me ever. Um, usually I don't trade stocks that are lower than $25. Um, because the lower than $25, you know, I don't typically trade penny stocks. They're cheap. They're inexpensive. They're cheap and inexpensive for a reason in my mind. You know, I'm looking for movements. We profit from things that go boom, <laughs> but we don't want them to explode. Again, like GameStop, that's unusual. That doesn't happen every day. What we're looking for is steady gains, steady movement, steady opportunity. If I don't get it this week, I'll get it next week. That's fine because that trend, when it's established, it's going to go on for many, many years. Again, let's just go and look at Apple just so you've got a visual cue for what this is what happens. I'm going to change the time frame to weekly. So each of these little red and green candles, this is a weekly chart. It's been a steady trend up and down, up and down, up and down for many years. If you didn't get the the, the, the buy the dip, the buy the retracements, you know, in any of these locations, well, there's a there's an investment opportunity. So investors will typically look for when there's been a long-term trend, they're going to wait for 10, 15, 20% drop in the stock price. And as you can see, that can happen over many, many months. 
So when it resumes its uptrend, when it resumes the upward movements, we can start to buy those dips. And then they're going to go on for many days, many weeks, many months. But what's the right thing for you? Do you want to get paid at the end of the day, the week, the quarter, the month, the year, the decades? That's going to determine how you approach this. If you're thinking investments, you've got weeks, if not months, to think about when you, the right time for you and when the trend is starting. If you want to get paid at the end of the day, we're looking at intraday, I'm day trading at the moment. So, you know, it's it, it's great environment for that. If you want to get paid at the end of the week or the month and do short-term swing trading, which is the other startup trading I'm doing, you're going to be on a daily chart. And all you're doing is waiting for the rally, wait for that retracement, pick a point halfway down that retracement. And then when it starts to move higher, that's a good place to start thinking about, is this the right time for me? I can't say for certain because I'm generalizing, but it just gives you a benchmark. Don't worry about trying to get in on the rally up. Wait for the sell-off. That's what the smart traders and investors are doing. So this is what a good chart looks like. That's the benchmark, the golden uh, chalice, if you like, of what a good trend and chart looks like. When you see something like this on one of the, um, the home building sectors, one of the uh, areas that you're interested in, then that's what should get you excited. That's the time to put the money where the mouth is and say, yes, this is a good time for me. It's a good trade. It's a good swing trade uh, for the for the week, the month, or it's a good investment for the year, for the next two or three years. Whatever is the right thing for you to consider, that's what it looks like. Uh, again, hopefully I've articulated that, you know, with just some uh, nice visual illustrations. No, absolutely. Fascinating technical analysis and Appreciate you going through that and appreciate you for joining me here this week. And uh, hopefully we do this again uh, next month. Maybe we do. Depends on the feedback, I suppose. Give us a thumbs up if you you know leave a comment uh, below wherever you're watching this. And if you want another installment, maybe we can make it a regular thing and uh, see if we can match up some of our uh, expectations of what's happening on the sector and see, come back and review whether... Maybe we can show you some of the trades then, because I am placing some trades in this sector. Maybe we can look at some of those next month and see how they turned out. I'd love it. And uh, speaking of regular things, where can people find and subscribe to your Rebel Traders podcast? Uh, well, they can Google uh, or uh, podcast, whatever podcast player you choose. You can go to Rebel Trader if you want to listen to me talk about this stuff every week. Uh, my main website is at antivesta.com. It's at antivesta.com. It's a mashup of two words. Um, and if you want to email me, uh, feel free to. I can uh, write that down. You bear with me a second. And for those on the pa the podcast, uh, record let me just get my scribble screen. Phil at antivester.com. Yeah. So, so Phil um, at uh, and it's antivest or and it's a dot com. And I've got just like a doctor, I've got chicken scroll handwriting. <laughs> That's some cool. Anti uh, I, I like that. Whatever the hell that stock loader chart thingy you had was it? That was outstanding. Oh, the uh, the chart software. That was uh, if anyone's in that. That was TradeStation. Uh, I'm not affiliated with them. I don't get paid to say it. I just use them, like them as a charting platform. Yeah. Um. So yeah, TradeStation.com. Again, not affiliated with them. Uh, brokerages. Um. There we go. Thanks, Amy. Uh, Popping uh, the comments in the chat box. Let's just put that there. We should have done that. I uh, feel like Antivesta. Um. Yeah, uh, brokerage, I suppose, um, again, not affiliated with them. Please seek financial advice. Find out the right brokerage platform for you. If you're thinking about trades uh, or investments, uh, maybe you can go and look at uh, Think or Swim. It's owned by TD Ameritrade. I like them. I use them. Not affiliated with them. It's just a platform I use. 
Um, alternatives will be interactive brokers. Tastyworks is a good platform. Uh, I like to trade stock options specifically. And um, so they're great platforms for that type of trading vehicle. Um, but yeah, there's lots of choices if you want to start looking at that. Again, I'm not affiliated with them. Uh, they're just a couple of choices that I personally like and I've got direct experiences with. And again, there's plenty of choices out there, but they're some of the best in my viewpoint. Well, Phil, thank you again. Really enjoyed the conversation and uh, let's do this again. Well, thank you for having me. All right. And to our attendees, thanks for spending some time with us this afternoon on Let's Talk Housing Stocks. Uh, have a great afternoon, everyone. And uh, we'll see you soon on TMC Connect. Take care. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.